Ho, 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 and welcome to a holiday edition of Lisa and Phil Ruin the Movies with me, Lisa Schmeiser. And I am your host, Philip Michaels of Phil and Lisa Ruin the Movies. <laughs> We're never going to resolve this. No, no. Well, as the host, I figure that it's best just to carry on. What are we talking about today, Lisa? Are we ruining another movie? Or perhaps many movies? Or I, perhaps... I... Genre. An entire holiday. Oh, you know, I think we should ruin an entire holiday. And I think the one I'd like to ruin is Black Friday. Yes. It it's already been ruined. Cyber Monday? Yes. Now let's hey Giving Tuesday, Green Monday, Green Thursday. Let's shoot for big game. Let us let let's take on Christmas. Or rather the entire festive, the festive season, the holiday season, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and um, uh, the way that it's uh, celebrated in our neck of the woods is to uh, navigate the uh, the DVR over to the Hallmark Channel and just record, <laughs> leave it there for months. Yeah, t- t- turn the turn the channel, throw the break off the knob, and throw the remote out the window. We have an unfortunate weakness for made-for-TV holiday movies um, for mo- for many many reasons. Including, but not limited to, um, they serve as a handy career barometer for who's on their way up and who's on their way down. Mm-hmm. They uh, serve as a master class in composition and plotting, just in case you were asleep through fifth grade in school. It is, yeah, it is It is basically your, your Sid Field screenplay workshop where you've got your Act 1, Act 2, Act 3. Oh, oh no, the lead character has been laid low. They've all... had a, a misunderstanding. If only they would talk to each other. Mm-hmm. And it's the, the thing I like about them is you can basically, every plot is a Mad Libs. Mm-hmm. Um, every plot is a Mad there, There's a formula, and once you nail the formula, you can, you can basically play bingo, or you can do the Mad Libs and try to anticipate how things go. And also, I, I, I would say that we live... We live in a bubble. We live in our little fruity tooty <laughs> hippie world where the San, to be fair, the San Francisco Bay Area is kind of its own bubble. And yeah. okay, so no, you know what? You you approach this all wrong mm. because when we watch the Hallmark movies with the the, the relentless emphasis on the, everybody in those those movies lives in this small town and they all have these these non-threatening jobs where well, well this, this this is my point the, the, I, I i really feel like they don't speak to us at all because no, we but, live in an area where where like our kid goes to school and next week she's learning how to make some sort of okra thing for kwanzaa and she has a friend who brings in stuff uh from as, the baha'i faith from the baha'i yeah. faith and, and which is great yeah and is, they celebrated diwali last year mm-hmm. but my, my my point is i i i feel that we um if there's something that we're not exposed to, it's the line it's the, of the world of the Hallmark movie. It's the world. It's the world where you where that's as big as your own front door, and yeah. and, and you uh, you you live in that little small town where everyone knows everyone, and, which sounds awful. Well, me. yes, but but and it's also a way of seeing. Um, Reading the pulse of America on who needs to be put in their place because oh so so many of these holiday movies they uh, hate working women yeah or, feature... no no to be fair actually they like working women if the working women do things like pet cats for a living mm-hmm. or work paint, a, work in a shelter or they paint an animal shelter not, they, not they, an icky shelter or they yeah no they don't animals are okay to love um, socioeconomically disadvantaged people are not mm-hmm. um, but these women are typically like kindergarten teachers or they paint window art on quaint downtown shop fronts 
or they wrap presents for a living or they're florists or they're cookie bakers. But it's basically like small service oriented jobs where we're basically their entire existence is devoted to making other people feel good about themselves and how they spend their money. And you know who the Hallmark uh, Channel really thinks needs to be taught a lesson? Career women. Uh, specifically, lady journalists. Yes. Oh, man, do lady journalists need to get into the Christmas spirit because... Yeah. Because every every other Hallmark well, actually, movie, they hate they hate women who have career ambitions. Period. Because they did that remake of um, of uh, the Dickens story a few years ago with Tori Spelling as the executive who needed to be taught a lesson in a Christmas Carol. Yes, in fact, that is called a Carol Christmas. Yes, and, because and- she's Carol and she's witchy and and. And clearly, she she hates she hates everything because she loves only her job, and they have to tell her that her value system is entirely wrong. Yes, that's Tori Spelling with uh, William Shatner and the late Gary Coleman is in that movie. Just in case, um, <laughs> oh my god, I had forgotten about that. Just just in case um, you were wondering what we meant by shows who's on their way up and who's on their way down, <laughs> all down and a Carol Christmas. The, the thing is, is. Hallmark makes an awful lot of these movies, and sure. we could be recommending these or or not, as the case, until the cows come home. For example, we have one on the DVR right now that I haven't seen about two substitute teachers who are locked in a vicious cookie competition. That would be a cookie-cutter Christmas, Lisa. Let me read the description okay. to our listeners. We have it on the DVR. I haven't watched it yet. Two longtime rivals and elementary school teachers duke it out during the holidays in a Christmas cookie bake-off, but their real feud ignites mm-hmm. over a shared interest in a handsome single dad. I with- can't help but feel like their shared interest, perhaps if they just considered an open poly relationship, they would remove a lot of conflict from their lives. We- Do you think that's something the Hallmark Channel could get behind? I've not finished with the description. Just imagine the greeting card market for happy poly anniversary. You'd have so many anniversaries because you'd have so many people in the relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's an untapped market. Exactly. Hallmark, Hallmark, Hallmark really needs to... to, to uh, lobby to change the bigamy laws is what we've decided. No, it makes perfect business sense. I didn't say it had to be like a legal poly relationship Mm because I don't want to step a toe into the legal waters. I feel those are complicated and swift moving. But what I'm saying is these two, if this guy could persuade both women to date him and perhaps even each other, like that's like one element of conflict immediately dismissed from the movie. I think that we've um, actually come up with a better movie than, than Hallmark did, so I'm going to stop reading the description okay. for a cookie-cutter Christmas. <laughs> and perhaps... Um, I'm just saying an awful lot of anniversaries in a poly relationship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And perhaps we should um, uh, pick up with movies that we um, that we have seen. Yes. And, if and, we wanted to give you a crash course on right. the movies that, exe- that typify the genre, and then you can do what we do, which is once a year... We host, or rather, we co-host an annual Cheesemas, which is where we show a double feature. The first one is always the Rob Lowe classic, The Christmas Shoes. Discussed on an earlier Better podcast. <laughs> and then we usually have another eye-rolling holiday movie for people to watch and or heckle. If you want to pick up our quaint tradition, and I encourage you, also live tweet it when you do it. Please let us know. Tag us. Um, maybe take pictures on Instagram. Um, yes, what, of your of your horrid, horrible, shocked faces. Or your delicious watching. cocktails, which mm-hmm. you'll need to get through. Um, anyway, there are three movies I would recommend for anybody who wants to start this new tradition. Um, the first one is an almost instant classic that we began to watch this year. It stars a former Superman, some poor actress I've never heard of, and a remarkably well-trained cat. Yes. 
And I have no idea. I can't even remember what it's called. <laughs> I'm going to have to Google it. One. It has slipped off my brain pan. I can tell you the, the basic plot of it. Um, Brandon Ralph. Is a sexy fireman. Isn't like, it? literally, the movie starts with a picture of him shirtless in front of a fire truck. I was going to say. For, a, for, for charity. He's a fireman. Yes. He's a, <laughs> oh, those firemen are the biggest bunch of, 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 of chattering old ants, too. Yes. I mean, they are just gossip. Well, the, the, the other firemen serve as the Greek chorus for the movie. But anyhow, Brandon Ralph is a guy who just the, doesn't want yeah. to commit because his parents got divorced when he was a young man and apparently that scarred him and he's, he's never actually thought in ter- he's never actually moved past age 11 which of course makes him perfect marriage material and so he's quite the ladies man <laughs> oh, it's i guess called the nine lives of christmas because it's about cats oh, that's oh right. right yeah okay. so anyway um emotionally crippled brandon ralph fireman mm-hmm. runs into um through a series of, oh, sorry, through a series of contrivances, ends up with a cat that used to belong to an old lady, except she's dead. So of course now he has to take care of the cat. Um, he's dating a woman who is allegedly a model, but really looks like she should be in the back of Us magazine for those those hinky FDA not approved weight cut things. She hates the cat, but he runs into this really nice woman who happens to be putting herself through vet school by working in a pet store and being a cat whisperer. And next thing you know, she's moved into his place through a series of mishaps and understandings. And because this is all a Victor Hugo novel where yeah. there are only eight people in this town, we should yeah. point out that the pet store is owned by the father of the... Ex-girlfriend. Model. Yeah. yeah the yeah. air quotes around model. Severe, serious air quotes around model. Mm-hmm. So anyway, Merrily is the name of his lady love. Um, she actually moves in with him, like, platonically, they paint a house the perfect shade of pearl, which is how you also know this Cause, is... Because in addition to being a... Um, sexy fireman. Sexy fireman. He's a house flipper yes yes as all good americans are mm-hmm. so anyway long story short they're brought together over their mutual love of cats and she's emotionally damaged for some reason he's emotionally damaged for another reason together they're emotionally damaged in compatible ways and um they kiss under the mistletoe and that's the movie again it's called the nine lives of christmas brandon routh is ridiculously awkward in every scene he is in and it's worth watching just to see the visible discomfort rating every time he has to talk to a cat and and, and and literally, it's it's one of those movies that would be over in about five minutes if ever if anyone talked to each other like human beings actually exactly would in the real world. And I think our favorite character was the fire captain who we dubbed <laughs> we we dubbed him your 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 right wing racist uncle at Thanksgiving because yes. he. <laughs> And it's not that he's like walking around going, "Well, son, Obamacare is a travesty," but he just he has kind of the the close cropped hair and the mustache. And he has the mustache. That's the most important part. I feel he looks like the kind of guy. So I was watching Fox News the other day, and I saw the most outrageous thing. Like he'd come up with completely false statistics on 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 yeah. crime rates or something like that. He'd also have a sticker on the back of his truck that's like "Gun rates." I'll kick you in the picture of donkey. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, yeah, he was the best, but he was really sensitive when it no, came to relationships. He, he was great, and he the men great. all, yeah, it just, and, and that 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 rant of his about Benghazi during the third act of the movie really opened my eyes about what's going on in the world. <laughs> I actually your I, uncomfortable uncle at Thanksgiving. Yes, I, I pulled up the description. Um, uh-huh. Uh, Zachary Stone, a handsome bachelor with distaste for responsibility. Because that's what firemen are all about, is not committing to the moment. Sees his life change before his eyes when he decides to adopt a stray cat. After his new pet brings him into contact with Merrily... Merrily. Yes, because it's Christmas! Zach begins to realize that the single life isn't as fulfilling as he thought, and that the, quote, wrong woman, Mm -hmm. end quote, might just be... 
the perfect match. Except the they did not so uh, clearly the cat hating model. I don't. Uh, yes. who, did they watch this? Movie? I would also like to point out that um, the Hallmark copywriters have failed by not spelling perfect. P U R R. So points off there, Hallmark Channel. It's like you're not even trying no, anymore. No. So that's the Nine Lives of Christmas. That that's a good one. It's, Again, it's watch fresh. it because it's I, new. It's today, and, and I want to emphasize Brandon Routh looks so uncomfortable in every scene. It's 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 kind of fun to watch just because you're waiting for the moment he snaps on camera. And watch for me, your uncomfortable uncle, who tells you hard truths about the news that everyone knows. <laughs> But that the lamestream media won't tell you. Yes, this is the uncle you have on mute on Facebook. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and now you can welcome him into your home in a Christmas movie. He loves cats. He is very nice to cats. Yes, that's his soul redeeming. Yes. So, uh, that's that. Um, love at the Thanksgiving Day Parade, shall we? Shall no, we no. What I did for love, we're going to finish. Okay. The second movie we're going to tackle is one starring Jeremy London. Mm-hmm. Again, movies, a barometer of who's up and who's down. It's called What I Did for Love. I'm going to read you the plot. Very well. Summary. Um, call him a city slicker. Call him a tenderfoot. But don't call him a member of the family yet. <coughs> Rising Los Angeles lawyer James White is going home for the holidays with his fiance Sadie Ryder, to meet her family in Pine Gap. After blundering through a bad first impression, James attempts to win over Sadie's lawyer-loathing father, Carl, by pretending to be a horse-riding, hay-baling, game-hunting seasoned square dancer. But a pair of worn jeans and a 10-gallon hat don't make a cowboy, and it's going to take more than mere posturing to charm Mr. Ryder. In fact, it just may take a miracle. Yeah. I, I feel that if we were to ever visit the Hallmark Channel headquarters, there will be a statue of Jeremy London. Because he is, like, in a thousand of these movies. <laughs> he's he's doing—he's he's, he's carrying water for that genre. Anyway, the thing that's delightful about what I did for love is it's basically— you get the feeling it was written by people who watched like to the 2004 election breakdown mm-hmm. when, when you know the notion of red America versus blue America was kind of reified in the public imagination, and they watched that and they're like, "Wouldn't it be funny if blue America came home to read Red America's Dad for Christmas?" Ha ha! And they they're like, "I've struck gold," and they began writing because they make fun of this guy for for being too fancy for instant coffee. They make fun of him for objecting to like wholesale slaughter and st- of, of animals and strip mining of land. They make fun of him for having a job that doesn't require him to work with his hands out in the inclement weather for 10 hours a day. Mm-hmm. Like, and, not once, though, in this movie do they ever explain, like, what common ground he and Sadie have. Because yeah. she fits seamlessly into this 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 Louis L'Amour novel that is her home life. And I just keep thinking, how did she hook up with this 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 espresso-sipping lawyer in the first place? Like, was it was it a kink site for both of them, or <laughs> clearly they didn't go to the Farmers Only website <laughs> to find romance, or mm-hmm. he went on there and, and lied? But I, I think even That's no basis for even if you 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 strip away the the political overtones of the movie, and, and they're the, all over and, the place, and, the, and 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 the budding culture war that that mm. courses through its veins. The fact of the matter is. Her, her family is just They're awful, awful to him from the from the moment he shows up. Sally Struthers plays this incredibly hostile old woman, which, which it gives you a little bit of cognitiveness because you're like, it's Sally Struthers. She loves the orphans. You know, uh, why is she being so mean to everybody? But Aunt Trudy, because that is her name, of course, Aunt Trudy. Aunt Trudy just just 
cannot be bothered to give this guy even a cup of Sanka. Yeah, well, she is she, and she's an underminer because yes. she's trying to constantly get the the the, the Sadie Ryder is the the girl's name. Remember? Yeah, I did. That I don't even remember it, even if you said it five seconds ago. Yeah. So he, he's constantly trying to get uh, uh, Sally Sally Ride to mm-hmm. to go back to her <laughs> old husband or yeah, her old boyfriend, boyfriend. Yeah. who's just you know a, a lout and a, yeah. and a and a thick head, and mm-hmm. he's like a coyote kicking. Jerk store and 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 I think from basically the time he drives into that town until the 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 denouement when he suddenly he, wins he the like father's save, he, he saves from like a pack of wolves he 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 saves from a pack of wolves and also uses his lawyerly skills to negotiate a uh, a new better rapacious a, land deal yes and so 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 and so then he's okay so but, like, because the denouement basically is like I would like to shoot an endangered species and then I would also like to swindle some small business people out of their land to better imp- improve your your empire sir but basically there's not a moment where you where where a, a normal person again wouldn't just say this is not working out i'm going to i feel like if this were the, if, i feel like if this movie happened in real life what james would do is he'd drive out there he'd take the lay of the land uh-huh. and the next morning he'd give his girlfriend a look across the table and when she gave him the shrug what can you do he would give her a kiss on the forehead and say when you get back to los angeles we can work this out we'll we'll, we'll divvy up the cd collection exactly and, yeah and go our several ways and he'd be like enjoy your christmas I will be enjoying mine back in civilization, where I can go have a nice Chinese meal and maybe go surfing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so that's that. Movie. No, it's just it like it's it's actually a terrible model for a relationship too, because if she's bringing this back to the family, at some point she should be putting down her foot and going, "Look, I chose this guy," and you know, if you are disrespecting my choice and people, you're disrespecting me. If I'm going to make a family with him, you have to respect that. And at no point does she do that. And so there's just a lot of simpering and, well, daddy this and, well, ranch life that. And it also gives the message that, that women are, are either the property. Women, women are like property to be transferred between men, man to man. And, and also women don't get, really get a say and they don't get to demand or, or show respect. It's, it's, it, it's true. And I, I yeah. know you wanted to restrict this to, to, to three movies. I do, yes. But, but, but. Uh-huh. This entire discussion of, of this movie calls to mind the uh, another one that we loved, which was along similar lines. Mm-hmm. It's the the woman who wants to get married on Christmas, but oh, she, Sarah, the Sarah Paulson movie, the Sarah Paulson yeah, like movie. the next time you think about, oh, Sarah Paulson, she's a critical darling, and so on and so forth. We need to direct you to a movie she made about Christmas weddings. Phil yeah. is looking it up on the IMDb. I'm looking up. I'm looking it up via the uh, IMDb. I should hope. the IMDb via uh, Dean Kane because Dean Kane yeah. is also as her pissy boss. I think. Dean Cain yes. walks away. Okay, first of all, Dean Cain has been in like four of these movies. Yeah, next to the Jeremy London statue at Hallmark no, World Headquarters. No, he's awesome though because he he always plays like a cheerfully unrepentant cad. And anyway, the story is, is that Sarah Paulson, for reasons that pass beyond understanding, plays this character who thinks that everybody will want to drop what they're doing and come to her December twenty fourth wedding, and her boss could care less about her private life and expects her to do her job, but that's completely unreasonable. And in fact, it is called. A Christmas wedding. Yeah, and she has to travel, I think, across country, and it turns into like this whole planes, trains, and automobiles thing. Yes, uh, the the There's wedding like is a jaded in, single dad. The wedding somewhere. is in Denver. She had a business trip to Miami. Then and and I actually, um, you and I, I think we're shouting about. Uh, we were well. I was bored during the movie, so I sat down and tried to calculate 
if one could actually travel from Miami to Denver using the means of conveyance that she... Because she uses a bus at one point. She's on a, a bus. Train she and like hikes. A, yeah. Uh, she's on a plane. That, she hooks up with some cynical single dad, but she and the kid get along somehow, and mm-hmm. she realizes this is what love is. And then she shows up in this church, which has been socked in by a blizzard. And really, the whole thing is just a monumental exercise in selfishness. Yes. And eventually, she, like a search and rescue team... Uh, finds them. Finds her... Yeah. Di- Diverted flight in Wyoming or, or some such business. Yeah. It's it's a mess of a movie. But it's it's of the same vein as the as the Jeremy London. Which goes. is that people who are engaged to be married are complete and utter knobs. Yeah. Like basic like this is the, this is your clue. If you want to find people who behave like unrepentant sociopaths, look for a Hallmark Christmas movie where one or more parties is engaged to be married because they will be utterly unreasonable, monomaniacal, and you half expect them to open up their gift closet and you'll you'll find like a Rubbermaid tote at the bottom filled with the dismembered limbs of the wedding planner who dared to cross them. Uh, although I, I should point out, A Christmas Wedding is not a Hallmark movie. Oh, was it a Lifetime movie? It is a Lifetime movie. Lifetime, also, also quite good for, for this sort of thing this time of year. I can't help but feel like Hallmark put out The Nine Lives of Christmas as counter-programming to Grumpy Cat's The Worst Christmas Ever. Yes. I'm it, pretty sure that was a tactical move on their yeah. part. Oh, we don't want cynical cat things. We and, want heartwarming cat things. Yeah, exactly. Which is probably the most cynical move ever. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um... Look up the Sarah Paulson classic because truly it's breathtaking and awful. I feel like anybody who knows a jerk who's getting married should watch this because either you'll laugh in grim recognition or you'll say, it could be worse. It could be on Christmas. Yes. But yeah, the Jeremy London movie is is um, one where when we showed it at Cheesemus a couple of years ago, people started heckling from like the opening screen. And I don't think they stopped until at least an hour or two after the movie. Like we, we started doing dramatic reenactments with gingerbread men. It was that it was mm-hmm. that eye poppingly bad. So, highly recommend A++. I actually own it on DVD. <laughs> you know, we're I really part of, we're part of the problem. Because we bought it on DVD. Yes. Well, no, I also bought the Thanksgiving, and this brings us to our third, which we also own on DVD, which is... Mm-hmm. Part of the problem. Love at the Thanksgiving Parade. We're just giving <laughs> positive reinforcement to, to actors. <laughs> well, yeah. People loved me in that terrible Hallmark thing I get. Love at the I Thanksgiving. I have to make it more of it. Yes, yes. What I did for love, too. Or mm-hmm. what I did for even more love. Yes. What I did for love after love. Well, again, to, to horribly divert this conversation, uh-huh. um, wish you could see the look on the, the wife's face there, viewers. Uh, there is, of course, Single Santa Seeks Mrs. Claus. <gasps> no, no, no. That's a whole episode for discussion. Phil, let's get to the third movie, okay. please. And then we'll get into Steve Gutenberg and how he knows what makes little girls feel good. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I, like I, I feel I, I just heard everyone nose. shutting off their their <laughs> their playback device simultaneously when that was said. Well, the but okay, how awesome the Thanksgiving love at the Thanksgiving love at the Thanksgiving Day Parade, a manic movie. I, I would think. I feel like Autumn Racer was on a lot of uppers when she made that. Yes. So, um, why, why don't you uh, walk us through that one? Love at the Thanksgiving Day Parade. All mm-hmm. right, this this 2012 classic. <laughs> Yes. focuses on a woman who works for a department store conglomerate in Chicago and evidently her sole responsibility the thing to which she bends her mighty will 12 months out of the year is a four block parade through Chicago's downtown on Thanksgiving morning and we are not exaggerating they show at one point they're doing a, uh, having a meeting 
of all the parade people. Yeah. And they've got a map of the route and it and it goes for about it's four blocks, it's a straight yeah. line. Yeah. I mean, and she's got a war room dedicated to this. Like she's got Gantt charts to indicate where they are insofar as the procuring of the Santa or the marching of the line the, the, the lineup of the marching bands. Anyway, what you need to know about Autumn Racer, parade planner, is she dresses like Jackie O minutes before JFK was shot. Yeah. And she's manically upbeat and energetic and she's engaged to a marine biologist with whom she skypes on the regular but he's off playing the life aquatic with steve zisu in a completely different movie and while this is going on she clashes with some wealthy technocrat and it turns out that he's brought into um he's brought to into analyze the parade and because, to find out if it's cost efficient or not as is the problem with so many parades because you know this is what retailers are concerned about right before christmas are our parades optimal i don't know that we're getting the maximum return on investment for our parade yeah because this whole movie takes place from like november 1st to thanksgiving yeah and again i want to remind you this this parade is put on by retailers what what is the biggest quarter of the year for the retailers mm-hmm. q4 and and so do you really think retailers gonna be like you know what I, I know we've thrown this iconic parade and we have one person who does nothing but parade planning for 12 months a year but why don't we throw a, a spanner in the works three weeks before she has to you know pull off this event anyway it's improbable uh she thinks he's a he, she thinks he's a, a, a soulless awful soulless guy but it turns out he's he's kind of cool he's a plucky orphan who became a billionaire through a series of contrivances off screen mm-hmm. and naturally they end up together because she dumps her fishy fiance or, or yeah now yeah, there's there's um he wins her heart in the end because her santa at her parade drops out at the last minute and again not that she hasn't had 12 months to plan this entire parade she has no backup santa in place because again professional parade planner 12 months to plan, plan one parade doesn't think about contingencies so she panics about not having a santa he shows up and ho ho hoes his way into her heart 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 and uh all is well leading into the holidays. We watch this movie because we just there you don't really suspend disbelief so much as you you kind of stick it in butterfly hooks like it's in a nine inch nails video and you suspend it from the ceiling and you beat it for a while like a pinata and then you just collapse on the couch and whimper, I give up. And it's worth noting that Autumn Reeser plays her part. As, she's a woman you have to don protective headgear to be around. She is just she is all over the room. On she, a lot of uppers. Yeah, she is uh She dresses like the sixties and she acts like she's a housewife on on Mother's Little Helper the whole time too. <laughs> High energy, I think yeah. she would write in her bio. Yeah. <laughs> if she were a dog, a she'd be the little yappy one that leaps up to your waist every time it sees you. Mm-hmm. So. And she's on the screen for the entire movie. Yeah, she she carries the film so, like a hummingbird. So that's that. So our three recommendations as, oh. a, as a starter kit, as a film festival. Mm-hmm. The Nine Lives of Christmas. Mm-hmm. What I Did for Love, and, and Love at the Thanksgiving Day Parade. There you go. All right. So that, that will give you a, a, a Whitman sampler mm-hmm. of uh, Hallmark yes. uh, Hallmark movie. Uh, you and your friends, this is your starter cheese miss kit. Yes. Now, after you've practiced on these three movies... We can move you up to we can move you up to the A League, the advanced level. Now, and I have two words for you for the advanced level: Crystal Bernard. Yeah. And those of you who were born prior to nineteen eighty are like, I vaguely remember. Anyway, she's in um, a she, series of movies that starts with single Santa seeks Mrs. Claus. And uh, there are actually sequels. The premise is that Steve Gutenberg, good-hearted scion of St. Nick, is set to inherit Daddy's position at the company and run the North Pole. 
here is the hitch. Apparently, Santa Claus can't be single. Nope, got to be married. Yes, he says... It's in the the bylaws of the corporation. I guess so. So so he heads south of the Yukon Territory to go find himself a bride and somehow ends up with Crystal Bernard. And um, to be honest, I think I always sort of try to forget parts of this movie, but the one thing you can never, ever forget is when Steve Gutenberg is trying to put some small child at ease. Yes. There's a... They're making a they're making a commercial because Crystal Bernard is in the advertising game. Oh, that's right. That's um, what she, that's her non threatening people oriented career job. woman single mother where she serves. Well, again, I have to emphasize that in these things, the protagonists almost always have careers that service other people. Yes, they never inconvenience anyone else. They are always inconvenienced because of somebody else. It's yes. pretty evident who their target demographic is. Mm-hmm. So Crystal Bernard is in advertising. I think she's a producer of some sort. Yes. And um, they're filming a commercial, and the little girl is uh, is very nervous. She's mm-hmm. going to star in the commercial. And Steve Gutenberg just happens to be on the set that day because, hey, you're shooting a commercial. Let anyone wander in off the street and There's talk no to the talent. There's no such thing as trade secrets or no, mystery No, just, just, hey, yeah. hey look, a, a nameless drifter has come in to talk to this little girl. Yeah. Mm, see, mm-hmm. Seems legit. Let's yeah. see where he's going with this. Anyhow, he's, he's calming her down, and he's being his charming Steve Gutenberg self. Yeah. And um, the line he delivers is, hey, I know what it takes to make little girls... No, I know how to make a little girl feel good. Yes. And the first time we played that at a cheese there was kind of this... Yeah, this, the room this, this, was this, silent. Every, the, all the air sucked out. Everyone was... I, I, I don't know what to do with that. This is what people who have to register with the police say. Yes, exactly. <laughs> But he's Santa Claus. Yep, but it's okay. He's yes. Santa Claus, so there. And, and the sequel is Meet the Santas. Yes, it's it's all dreadful. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I feel like Crystal Bernard probably changed her name and entered witness protection after those movies, and she's much happier now living as somebody else. Mm-hmm. Probably in Wyoming, I would like to think. Sure. Yeah, why not? Let's give her a happy ending. She deserves one. Yeah. So... This holiday season, as you um, you know, gather around for your traditions, we mm-hmm. hope that uh, that you'll think in- of the Hallmark engage channel. in one of ours and uh, find the worst movies you can and look at how they declare war on much of America. And um, <laughs> you know, it's a it's a perfectly uh, cromulent way to spend the holiday. I find. Well, there's also you know, if you can find Tori Spelling's A Carol Christmas, that's worth a good watch. Um, mm-hmm. I personally am a big fan of 2005's Deck the Halls, where Gabriel Carteris is living next door to Santa Claus, who is, as it turns out, a marketing professional. Yes, he he, he literally loves her and leaves her. Like he woos mm-hmm. the family, like acts as stand into her kid, and then he leaves on Christmas Eve, and that's the happy ending. And, and he's a handsome young man throughout most of the movie, and then at the end, he turns into the old. Santa Claus. Yeah. That... It could be a really great horror movie, and instead they're trying to pass it off as a romantic comedy. And of course, there's a Christmas wedding tale. Uh, let me read you the description of no. that. When, Does it involve mice? When Rusty the Labrador <gasps> and Sherry the Poodle oh, owners fall right. in love. Talking dogs. These two dog- talking dogs owners fall in love, and then they try to get married at a winery and antics abound. The household is in total chaos. It's up to the dogs to perform. A Christmas Day miracle. Uh, it There's stars, always Christmas miracles. It's, it's Jenny Garth is in it. Yes. Brad Rowe is in it. But more to the point, the um, the voice the of the voice. dogs are Jay Moore and Nikki Cox, married in real life. Proof once again, married people should never collaborate on a project. Oh. Hmm. Well, that's this is <laughs> hey, Phil and Lisa ruin the, the movies. movies. <laughs> 
Wishing you and yours a very Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays, Happy Hanukkah, and any other season you wish to celebrate at this time. God bless us, everyone.